We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is September 21st, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, bro? We got a fun one for the people today, Jonathan. We got a fun one being joined, obviously, as you've seen that the title of this episode, by none other than David Steele. Seen it all with this magic organization. So super special to, to kind of take a trip down memory lane and get his thoughts on everything past and present. Always great to talk to our guy, David Steele. Just brings obviously just the wealth of historical knowledge like you said he has really seen it all and just be able to like really put when he was talking about like the inflection points of the franchise especially like really putting into perspective just again for a guy that's seen it all how special this current iteration of the magic could be so stay tuned for uh that conversation with david Steele in a little bit and a little bit uh, into the episode here, we're going to go ahead and run the giveaway uh, where we'll be giving away uh, a 2023 classic edition, the throwback, the Stars jersey. We're going to give away one of those and an entire year of league pass to one lucky viewer. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we've been talking about the group night that we're doing on February 13th when the Magic take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. That game is going to be broadcast on TNT. We've been selling, helping sell tickets to that group night, Luke. And we are now officially 100% completely sold out. We sold 193 tickets to that game. So we'll be spread out over, you know, section 102 and, and 118. I just genuinely cannot believe that we were able to sell that many tickets in under a week. And I think it's just going to make for a great atmosphere at that game. Yes, ridiculous that honestly that that many tickets sold in under a week, Jonathan. I, the game is going to feel like, at least in our sections, um, going to feel like a playoff game atmosphere. Because listen, if you guys haven't been to a game and gotten the privilege of sitting next to Sir Jonathan Osborne, this guy's leading chance from from tip off till that 
till that horn blows at the very end of the game and even after i don't know he might we might leave some chance down down the street i have no idea this guy just goes and goes and goes so that you guys are going to get blessed with that and we're going to be cheering and that i know that that is going what that is going to feel like and especially if the magic come into this game and they are locked in for this nationally televised game we finally get Paolo and chet and we get that game on national television i know that everybody's going to be ready to go and it's going to be a lot of fun because that team knows they're young maybe a little bit petty in their competitiveness they know that they have a chance an opportunity to put the league and the nation on notice when it comes to the talent that this team has and for them everybody to get to see i'm very excited for people to get to see guys play that maybe they underrate, such as Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. And even Jalen Suggs. I hope to that point that uh, that they all have games where they can show out. It'll be a, a ton of fun. They better show out. You know how angry people will be? Like, we got all hyped up. We went through all this trouble. We set this up, and then the, the game was just a, a dud. That would really be disappointing that would really be something but that's not going to happen no, i don't know why no I'm chance even, that happens. i'm not even putting that out in the universe that's we're no that's going to be a, a great very competitive incredibly fun game so it's going to be awesome uh, just like really thankful that everybody sort of like rallied around this game and yeah gonna do my best to be leading chance and just making sure that everybody has a, a great time that night so uh yeah if you're coming to that game it's going to be a lot of fun if not you missed out Sorry, we try to warn you a million times. Uh, and we'll definitely do these m- again in the future. But just excited for does, this one. Does OKC have a uh, a game? Like, are they coming off a of back-to-back or anything for that game or no? I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to uh, look right now. If you give me just a few seconds, can definitely find I'm that out look. for you, though. Let's see. They have a game that Sunday. So they're at home for Sacramento, and then they travel Monday, and then they're in Orlando on Tuesday. Okay, so we're we have a game against Chicago three days prior, but that's at home as well. So we'll just be chilling at home with a few days rest, and they'll come in. You know what do you say from Sacramento or a home Sac- game at Sacramento? No, they're, they're, yeah, they play Sacramento at home, but that's actually mm-hmm. their last game before the All Star break. So we have a back to back versus OKC, then the next night versus the Knicks. So like. For the Thunder, this is going to be their last game before the All-Star break. So, you know, you come in, you're ready for the All-Star break. It would be a real shame if they got blown out on TNT. That's all I'm saying. It would be. It would be a a dang shame. Now, we have... This is news that we've known about for months now. It's something that we've just been waiting and just... It's been festering inside me. Like, it's been so hard to keep this a secret because it's, it's one of my favorite things, genuinely, that we've ever done. And it's just awesome that we can finally talk about it. So if you follow us on social media, you've already seen the news by now uh, that we're partnering with an amazing Orlando business in Jam Hot Chicken and our boy Andrew and the entire crew over there. Uh, We're partnering with them for this season, helping to spread the word about their awesome food and awesome vibe that they have there. And we're going to have a weekly segment that we're going to be calling the Jam Hot Chicken jam of the week where we talk about the best dunk from the magic's past week so be on the lookout and keep your ears open each week for that as we talk through that but when we're just talking about jam hot chicken in in this establishment in winter park which by the way it's at 400 west new england avenue number 13 in winter park 
and the food is just absolutely phenomenal. Luke, I know you have not had the pleasure of uh, touching this sweet hot chicken to your lips just yet. Before we decided to do this, we sent a little undercover agent. We sent our boy Ben, who you all might know from our events, and he's going to be doing the six fan show for us this week. But we were like, look, if we're going to partner with these people, the social media looks fantastic. The food looks incredible. But what's the vibe like? What it, is the food good? We didn't want to partner with anybody if the food wasn't good. You know me. You know Luke. You know we would not gas this up if it was not that good. So we had Ben go in plain clothes. We didn't want anybody to know what was going on. And he texts us. He's like, boys, this might be the best damn chicken I've ever had. And at that point, I knew I had to have it. So the night of the draft, before you know, we went to Amway and recorded and everything like that and watched Anthony Black, Jed Howard get drafted, myself, my lovely wife, and producer Kevin, we stopped by Jam Hot Chicken before the draft. And let me just tell you, this was like a transcendent culinary experience for me. I got the box. So I'm pulling up their menu right now. You know how we like to go through the menu. So the box is loaded fries, chopped chicken breast, slaw, pickles, their comeback sauce, all over seasoned fries, Luke. And it just, it knocked everything off of me. You you name a body part, fell on the floor. It was just absolutely fantastic. I'm not a coleslaw guy by any means. Coleslaw, bangerang. I was like, look, if I'm going to try this, I'm going to try it all. Try the coleslaw, fire. They make their own pickles in-house, which I'm a big pickle guy, by the way. Some of the best pickles I've ever had in my entire life. Some of the best hot chicken I've ever had in my entire life. And when they say hot, they mean hot. When you look at their menu and you see plain, which is no heat, but then mild, hot, hotter, and jam, they specifically tell you when you go to the window, Luke, whatever you normally get, go one step down. And they mean it. I disregarded the warning. I still went with hot. And I was dying eating this food. Producer Kevin went with mild. And on that big shiny bald head of his, beads of sweat pouring down his bald head. Kevin roasted me earlier. So that is my payback to Kevin. (laughs) But Luke, I know you haven't had the opportunity to eat it yet. And Mm -hmm. you will soon. Mm -hmm. But Jam Hot Chicken, man. They're huge Magic fans to boot. Like It just could not be a better partnership for us. Listen, if... Typically, if I hadn't had the chance to to try said jam hot chicken, and 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 like if it, if that was the only thing, they weren't huge Magic fans. They weren't like local to Central Florida, Orlando, Winter Park. I probably wouldn't be as pumped about this. I definitely wouldn't be as pumped about this because I hadn't tried their I haven't tried their food. All that right? You and Kevin go. Ben, first of all, Ben couldn't shut up about it. So then I was like, all right, maybe they're onto something. But then the last line of defense is Jonathan and Kevin. So let's see what they say. And you guys were just in the chat just saying how incredible it was. And now it's the point where at that point I was like, all right, I, I trust all people, all parties involved that this this chicken is incredible. And then I, you know, they're huge magic fans. We obviously met with them and and got to talk and nerd out about all things magic when we had our meeting with them as well. Could not be better partnership for the six man show. I like to think that we are going to help drive a lot of business to jam hot chicken as well. We put the announcement out there on Twitter as well, Jonathan, and so many people were like, I need to go try this. 
I need to go. And then you had people. I love the fact that you had people in the replies all like gassing up jam hot chicken. They're not paid. That's for sure. And they're not a sponsorship. Like they were talking going on and on about this chicken. So I, I really I'm excited about the chicken. I am also equally, if not more excited about those seasoned fries. I'm a sucker for seasoned fries. So and you talk about, you know, your your love for pickles, things like that. Well, uh, I'll definitely be there trying out the the pickles and the seasoned fries and that jam hot chicken. Yeah, they just like they they have sandwiches, they have tenders, they have this box that I'm talking about. You even have the option to add cheddar bob mac and cheese, you know, cheddar bob, you know, the the 8 mile movie obviously. You even can add mac and cheese to that box that I talked about. Like if you are a foodie and you just love fried and hearty, delicious and tangy goodness, like my recommendation would be the box. I absolutely loved it. But Ben said that the chicken sandwich was the best chicken sandwich he's ever had in his entire life. So I could go on and on and on about jam hot chicken. I mean, even even their uh, their milkshakes, like absolutely off the chain. I had the vanilla and it's not like just your like typical vanilla. It's like the Briars like French vanilla ice cream kind of flavor where you can like really taste the vanilla in it. And just like I text Andrew probably once a week like, Bro, like I haven't had it since the draft and I've been thinking about it nonstop since then. And I'm like, dude, like I really need to come back and and have the food again. So if you guys are big foodies like us, you know, a lot of people have told us when we talk about the watch parties and we always go over the menu of the establishment that we're going to be at, they enjoy that. So if you are like us and you really, truly are passionate about food, again, go see our guy Andrew and the whole crew over at Jam Hot Chicken in Winter Park, please let them know that you are there because of us and that uh, we sent you. Again, the address is 400 West New England Avenue, number 13 in Winter Park. I will almost guarantee that you will not regret it, but heed their warning. When they tell you whatever heat level you think you're going to get, go one below. I promise you, I got hot last time and I will absolutely be getting the mild next time. And I'm a, I'm a spicy kind of guy. I like spicy food. It is spicy. You are a spicy kind of guy. People are going to just be like, man, can you guys get into the episode? One last thing about Jam Hot Chicken. Also, forget that because Jam Hot Chicken, we know them, we love them. Saturday, I've just convinced myself, Jonathan, internally, I am going, it was my daughter's birthday on Friday. And on Saturday, that evening, probably after her nap, we're going to leave Cole with, not Cole Anthony, we're going to leave Cole with uh, one of our parents. They're going to watch him. I've already convinced myself. I just mapped it. Jam Hot Chicken is 30 minutes from Disney. I'm willing to make it happen on Saturday to be able to, to do that and get my hands on all of those things I just mentioned. Diet's going out the window on Saturday night. I'm going to do it. You got to do it. What you do is you just starve yourself the rest of the day. Because even if you go crazy and you have like 2,000 calories, you're going to be walking around Disney burning calories anyway. That's what I do when I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go crazy tonight. I starve myself the entire day. That I'll, may or may not be healthy. I'm, I'm not advising that to everyone, uh, but that's what I would do. Listen, it's, it's one unhealthy habit for one day in order to have experienced the goodness. I am not starving myself, generally speaking, at all. I'm going to snack a little bit 
on Saturday. Then that night, I'm going to say, hey, Lauren, we got to make a really important pit stop. You know, our boys, Jam Hot Chicken, Andrew, all the guys over there. I got to make a pit stop before we go to Disney. And that's what we got to do. That's got to happen. Make sure you try Jam Hot Chicken. Okay, Luke, uh, this isn't even a rumor. It's just something that is now happening in the NBA stratosphere. And of course, Magic fans are you know attracted to this conversation. So we figured it would be fun to talk about it for a couple of minutes. So Shams Tarania, uh, as we're recording this Wednesday night, a couple hours ago, he tweeted, after contract extension negotiations stalled out, Buddy Heald and the Indiana Pacers have started dialogue to work on finding a potential trade, league sources say. Our buddy, king of the fourth quarter, uh, Kenny Beecham, you might know him from the Through the Wire podcast or all the awesome stuff that he does on YouTube. Uh, he tweeted out like the Magic should make a call. Luke, you came like right into the group chat like, hey, the Magic should make a call. Mag- a lot of Magic fans are saying the Magic should make a call for Buddy Heald. Luca, what are your thoughts on whether or not the Magic should try to make a move to acquire Buddy Heald? Listen, you for the last year, all we have heard from Magic fans and ourselves included is that the Magic need shooting. Buddy Heald is one of the best shooters in the league. He's currently from beyond the arc eight and a half threes a game, 42 and a half percent from three. These are ridiculous shooting numbers. And honestly, these numbers are alone are driving this love for Buddy Heald. But that's all I need. I just need someone that is going to step in and just shoot the crap out of the ball. Buddy Heald can do that. And I don't know, you and I are going to discuss this, I don't know what necessarily, I know what I'm probably willing to part ways with, but I don't know what Indiana is willing to take on in order to make this happen. Does Miles Turner, who's been on that carousel on the trade dead like block and rumors for felt like a couple, two or three seasons now with Indiana, do they make you take him on? What does that look like? You could do worse than Miles Turner, by the way, uh, in general, generally speaking. I don't know if the Magic necessarily would want him, but all things I'm thinking about, what, what, how did they value Buddy Heald? And now the rumor's out that they're going to work to get something done. His value does decrease a little bit. I don't know what the, what the tension is like. If it's really bad, then you could get him for a really great deal. But if it's not too much tension, he just wants out, and they respectfully were like, yeah, we'll work on this then it could be a little harder to get Buddy Heald to Orlando, but I'm all, I'm all about it. Yeah. I just like, you know, we, we talked about this sort of off air, but for me, like my question is just like, how much do teams value Buddy Heald? Like, I'm not saying what he brings to a team is invaluable, like the three point shooting and the offense, obviously, but like Sacramento, yes, they made the deal Tyrese Halliburton and, you know, they were trading those guys for an all-star in Demona Sabonis but they were willing to part with him. Now, Indiana, like reports are that they were basically going to bring him off the bench this year, and he doesn't want that. Like He wants to go somewhere that he's going to start. So he basically said, look, if you're not going to extend me and you're going to put me on the bench, then you might as well just trade me because he's afraid that that would hurt his tr- his his market value next year if he's coming off the bench. There's a guy making $19 million. 
this is going to be his last big deal more than likely that is coming up. So I just look at that and I see sort of how teams haven't been absolutely in love with him given the value that he does give you on the floor. So I have questions there. Uh, but then the next piece of that is like, look, if the Magic do want to make a trade for Buddy Hill, which I don't believe they do. I mean, I, I'm sure maybe they're they're going to make a call and, and do their due diligence. But I have a feeling that the Magic are, are pretty happy with the roster as it stands heading into training camp in a couple weeks. And what tells me that is they really didn't do anything this offseason in terms of big moves. You bring in Joe Ingles, you re-sign Mo Wagner, you pick up the option on Goga, and then you trade or you draft Anthony Black and, and Jet Howard. Like there's no big splashes. You're essentially running it back. And I think a lot of that has to do with we talked about this with Davis Steele in a little bit, just how good the Magic were for the you know, last three quarters of the season last year and the belief that they might be able to sort of pick up where they left off and, and keep that going into this season. But if the Magic are looking to do that, what would they be willing to to move? So when we're looking at the trade machine, you know, Buddy Heald essentially is an expiring contract. He's making $19.2 million this year. And when you start looking at like guys that could be moved, like I look at a guy like Gary Harris, $13 million, who is an expiring contract. Um, A guy like Chuma OKK, $5.2 million expiring contract. Packaging those guys and maybe, you know, a second round pick or two, for Buddy Heald, to me, is something that makes the most amount of sense. I know there are people that are saying, oh, well, you know, just move Jonathan Isaac. For a guy who, again, stop me if you've heard this, if he figures it out and is healthy, I find or, or I think would bring more value to this team than just upgrading from a, a Buddy Heald to a Gary Harris. Because how many of these guys are you realistically going to be able to play? If you don't move Gary Harris for Buddy Heald, you've still got Markel. Anthony Black, Jet Howard, uh, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, and then at that point, Buddy Heald. Like, there's not enough minutes and not enough shots to go around at that point for me to really feel that it's worth it. So you would almost have to move Gary Harris, in my opinion. And then when you're looking at, well, what does this guy bring you versus what does the other guy bring you? Like Buddy Heald, when we look at the three-point shooting, it was a a 42% three-point shooter last year. Gary Harris was, I believe, right at 40%. Gary Harris was just a touch better on spot-up jumpers. Buddy Heald obviously gives you more um, you know, uh, ability to hit shots off of the dribble. So I guess you're, you're trading one for one there. But like defensively, it's not close. Gary Harris is still the better defender. Buddy Heald's been somewhat of a liability throughout his career on that end. And what are we going to be asking Buddy Heald to do? Are we going to put the ball in his hands a ton? I really don't think so. I do think this is a guy that you would be looking to make a, a spot up jumper, a spot up shooter, essentially. And at that point, he's really not that much better at that than Gary Harris was last year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, as far as Buddy goes, um, also, I'll, I'll say it because people will try to correct if I don't. Uh, Gary Harris was 43% from three last year. I believe you had said he was right at 40. Even better. He, Even better. He was 43%. Now, from Indiana's perspective, if you're asking Buddy to go to the bench and he doesn't want to do that, but you want a valuable three-point shooter, a guy that's just going to step in, catch or shoot the basketball, Gary Harris is able to do that for you. And I think Gary Harris is willing to come off the bench. And guess what? He's an Indiana guy, by the way. Yes. And if he is not willing to come off the bench, then guess what? Long term for the Magic, he's not going to be here anyway. Because your ideal scenario is that one of these guys that you have on the bench becomes the guy that can slot into that two spot and move Gary down there. So I think from Indiana's perspective, yes, you could throw in some picks on top of it. The package I essentially had put together, what had to do with picks as well as what you said chuma and gary both expiring they come in they leave you clear the books just like you would have with buddy and maybe you don't have the turmoil on the locker room because buddy's pouting because he's coming off the bench now i don't know are what you that starting means. buddy healed yes you, you would have and to if that's the, have, if that's, that's kind of the conditions of his deal then yeah are you extending buddy healed that I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of things that there's two. There's a ton of what ifs, which is why hypotheticals get silly eventually. But that being said, Buddy Healed, if he gets traded to Orlando, you know the front office has done their due diligence and they know Buddy Healed would be interested in resigning. They also know Buddy Healed should see the writing on the wall with this roster. And does Buddy maybe not want to be on the roster in Indiana? Because let's face it, the Magic are on a faster track, in my opinion, in my very biased opinion. I know they had a better season last year, but we know what the Magic would have done fully healthy. Maybe Buddy would be willing in a different situation to come off the bench. I don't know. These are all conversations that you would hope would be at least vetted. These things would be vetted before a trade were to happen. I just think for this season alone, you get Buddy healed to start because I think that's probably what happens at least till deadline with Gary Harris. I don't know, but, and and if he provides you that spark of, you know, his jumper, he gets, he gets up there as far as on his jumper. Like he's shooting over dudes. He's he's energetic. He's wired on the offensive end liability defensively, but you know, you got so many defenders on this team you could hide, but yeah, I'm, I really do think that buddy Heald would be a lot of fun. I'm not going to be heartbroken if the Magic don't get Buddy Healed because I don't. I'm not convinced that it will happen, as I'm sure that's the camp most Magic fans are in. But I think Buddy Healed makes sense, and um, when it when it comes to at least this year until free agency, I mean, if you're going to move Gary Harris anyway, and you're going to move Chuma, Chuma is basically out of rotation already. So 
Just bring him in. If he doesn't resign, who cares? It's not the end of the world. If you were going to end up trading Gary anyway. This is a different story if you're not planning on trading Gary at all and Gary wants to stay. And then eventually he comes off the bench. He'd be a great guy off the bench. But, you know, as far as you're looking at age, and Gary is younger. So by two years. That's the crazy thing because Gary has been around so long and and Buddy was at Oklahoma for four years that you forget he came into the league at, what, 24 years old? So we're talking about, you know, Buddy is going to be 31 in December already. It's crazy to think about, but... Yeah, I mean, to to all of your points are are great points. I think the other thing that I would say about the the Jonathan Isaac conversation, people that are looking to include him, and I I do understand why people are are talking about that. Then, like, who's your backup for? Like, obviously, we're we're counting on him to be healthy. Like, if we really want to have our our best second unit, like what you're going to play, like Joe Ingles full time as the backup for, you're going to run Goga and Mo Wagner off the bench. I don't really totally love that either. Um, like maybe if you like were working out a deal, like, I mean, if this would never happen, but if the magic were like, Hey, we're trading for buddy healed and Jairus Walker, like then, yeah, <laughs> of course you do something like that. But like, we're, we're trying to keep this rooted in reality as best as possible. Like in a vacuum, I think buddy healed is a great fit for the magic. Like you said, I do think they would be able to cover him up defensive defensively, uh, essentially, and yeah, the, the shooting and the shot making would be a, a welcome addition to this team. Just when I'm thinking about all of the moving parts, um, what it would have to be for me, like if we get an update the next couple of days that Buddy Heald is being traded to the Magic, depending on what that deal looks like, and I do think it would have to be centered around Gary and Chuma and maybe a second round pick. Uh, but if that deal were to be made, to me that would say, okay, like the Magic believe in this guy being part of the team, at least for a little while. Or they just like the upside. They think he's going to contribute a little bit more than maybe Gary would this season. And they're really just like pushing hard for the playoffs. And hey, if it works out with Buddy, great. If it doesn't, well, you're going to have a lot of cap space next summer anyway to, to go out and you know acquire some guys. So um, I'm just kind of smack dab in the middle of this. I don't feel super strongly either way. The Magic should. The Magic shouldn't. I don't think they will. But if they do... I I kind I kind of like the move. If they don't, I still kind of like not trading for Buddy Heald. Like I, I, for once, I'm a bit indecisive with what I think the Magic should do here. I think they'll stay put, though. Yeah, I I do as well. And also, there's going to be clowns on social media who, if a Magic fan says, which many have, even like we said, you know, King of the Fourth Quarter, Kenny Beecham puts out there, and they say Magic should pick up the phone. And you have people clowning about, oh, why would Buddy Heald want to come to Orlando? Blah, blah, blah. The Magic has good Indiana. history. He's in yeah. Indiana, though. He I'm also not, and I'm not a, trying to bash Indianapolis, but like they're somewhat comparable, no? Well, Maybe not. Listen, I don't know. My, my point really is... Producer Kevin the, can tell us if they're comparable the, at all. The, the Magic have a history, as of late, of keeping shooters around. They want to stay. Terrence Ross, he wanted to stay. He was a shooter. He was very valuable. We know what Terrence Ross was. Gary Harris comes into Orlando, could have easily left Orlando, resigns for a two-year deal because he likes the culture. He likes what we've built. Think about a guy, a shooter coming into Orlando this year when you've already got the past here pointing to the fact that guys like Orlando. And then he comes in and this team is actually 
good this year. Over 500 good. Better than Indiana was last year. Orlando. Just all the perks of living in Orlando. We talk about it with David Steele heading into this interview. Guys come here. They tend to stay here when it comes to living. Terrence Ross just had him on the show, right? He's still local in Orlando. He wants to continue to do that even throughout his career and afterwards. So these guys love Orlando. This team just has to be competitive. And I think this year is the year that you start turning heads of free agents and you start turning heads of guys on expiring deals. I, I don't see why it can't happen in general. I don't, I don't think that the Magic from this point forward will have issues being somewhat, at least somewhat attractive to free agents and guys who are going to expire and get traded like Buddy Heald and end up saying, hey, this place isn't so bad and I'm going to stick around. Moving on, uh, Orlando Magic head coach Jamal Mosley made an appearance on the Hoops Hype podcast on Wednesday and talked a lot about you know all of the awesome and great players he's been around, Luka Doncic, Carmelo Anthony, Kyrie Irving, so on and so forth. Talked about you know coaching the NBA, you know uh, not the NBA, the USA Select team, and what that was like. But then talked about obviously the current state of the Orlando Magic and uh, most specifically about Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner and uh, sort of who would he compare their games to? And he, I'm paraphrasing here, but said nowadays it, it's so tough because guys are also like versatile and the game has come such a long way. You sort of have to pick like a combination of guys. And he said, Paolo Bancaro is a mix of Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Jason Tatum. And then said Franz Wagner is a mix of Chris Middleton, Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant. Luke, some people took that like super literally, saying, oh, he's just as good as putting all three of those guys together. Obviously, if you listen to the interview, that was there's a lot more context to that. But listening to that and, and hearing Jamal talk about these guys so glowingly, you can't help but just get even more excited for this upcoming season. Yeah, I- Paolo getting compared, like, that's the crazy part. Like you said, you say this and people are like, hey, Jamal says, Jamal Mosley says this and people are losing their minds about it. Oh, he's not, he's not these guys. Have you never seen draft, like how they evaluate players and like who they're like, who they're shades of? That's all this is. And will he be as good as these guys one day? Man, I hope so. I would give a lot of things for Paolo Bancaro to be any of those players. So for Jamal to say this, you don't think that like you, you think he said this, these things and he thinks you think he said it lightly, like kind of tongue in cheek, like people like it wouldn't get put on social media or in articles. He knows what he's saying. He's not just saying it to say it. Yes. You as a coach, you market your team and things like that. Like you, you, you want to hype your guys up. But having just parts of and pieces of their games, it's very promising for Magic fans. And it's a lot. It, people were saying Tatum during the draft process for Paolo Bancaro, for crying out loud. So forgive him for saying that after he wins Rookie of the Year and taking it a step further and saying KD, LeBron, like, who cares? That's Paolo Bancaro, the, the sky's the limit for this dude. I don't know if you guys have heard, but he's got an opportunity to be really freaking good. To me, it's like, if you don't agree with that, then you haven't watched 
all four of those guys play basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, it, like it must have been five, ten games into the season, and I'm seeing the way that Paolo Bancaro is is bullying his way to the rim in the way that he's finishing with both hands, and I'm like, I don't want to say this guy looks like LeBron, but this guy freaking looks like LeBron James. Like the like the way that he plays is he as effective as LeBron James is or was in his prime? Absolutely not yet. At least will he ever get to that? I mean. LeBron is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. So, of course, we're not just going to come out and say that. But just aesthetically, they have similar play styles. When you look at uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony, you look at Paolo Bancaro, and you especially like the the rock step and like the jab moves and the pull-up, like it is absolutely Carmelo Anthony. When you look at like a lot of the the dribble, you know, packages and like the step back from Paolo, that's Jason Tatum. Like, absolutely, there's shades of each of those guys there. So it just, you just can't help but listen to that and not get super fired up as a Magic fan. Now, the Franz stuff with Chris Middleton, although I do see it to a certain extent, but I feel like Franz is a bit more fluid in attacking the rim. The The Kawhi Leonard stuff and the, the KD stuff is the, is the stuff that I don't maybe see as much. Now, Jamal really put, like, an emphasis on Franz's footwork when talking about those guys, in which I would agree. Um, but I don't know that I see a ton of shades of Kawhi or, or KD in Franz's game, at least not yet. The, the KD one, I don't, I don't see not yet. Like you said, not yet, at least. I mean, uh, to me, you got to think about like, what, what do you think about when you first think about these guys? Kawhi Leonard. First thing I think about him is, is his suffocating defense, his ability, his attentiveness to detail on that end of the ball. That's the first thing I think of when I think of Kawhi. Obviously, he's a great offensive talent as well. That doesn't hurt. But he is elite defensively. Franz Wagner, I think, is has shown and continued to show his impact defensively. I think you can get to that point. His footwork as well, like Kawhi in that respect, and like you were talking about, and Mosley goes on to say that as well. That's where I really see it. KD, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't see it too much there. Middleton, maybe, like early on in his game. It's crazy that I'm saying this right now, that Franz Wagner, like early in his years, will be like a Middleton, and then he'll surpass it, and then he becomes a Kawhi or KD, right? But like, that's where I'm at. with as, Not that Franz is going to be KD, but that Middleton is kind of like, you know, you know, obviously, Jonathan, you know how Pokemon, they evolve. First stage of Franz Wagner. I'm aware. First stage of Franz Wagner might be the Chris Middleton phase. I don't know. But also a great defender, by the way. These guys all have in common that when they really want to, they can play defense. Kevin Durant used to. So, yeah, I think that I I don't... I mean, if you're a Magic fan, you love this propaganda. We're pushing superstar propaganda around here. Paolo and Franz at the forefront of it. I'm all aboard that for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, when I when I think of, you know, guys like, you know, Chris Middleton and I I think of Kawhi and I think of KD, like what I immediately go to is like the mid-range pull-ups. And that's one thing that we've seen Franz improve at a little bit, but I wouldn't exactly call that of a, a staple of his game, you know, by by any means. So like the the 6-10, you know, Manu Ginobili, I, I'm probably much more closer to that comp or just like the plus defender, more fluid and more athletic Hito Turkoglu. Like we've seen a lot of that. And obviously with Hito's history, you know, in Orlando, I'm, I'm 
really partial to that comparison as well. But all of that to say, like, I, I really think Franz can be, you know, just as good, if not better than a guy like Chris Middleton, who was, you know, very, is still very good, could be better than Manu Ginobili. I would probably bet that he will be better than Hito Turklu at, at some point if he's not already, you know, pretty close, you know, when you when you look at some of their their better years. So, but yeah, our head coach talking about some of our our best players and really just like it, it seems like every time lately a conversation around like the Orlando Magic gets brought up and I know that we're in the dog days of summer here in the off season and we're getting ready for training camp, but there's just like everybody has like a heightened sense of excitement around this team and it's not just locally like nationally like I was listening to the mismatch uh, a week or so ago a lot of you probably heard it with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon and uh talking about Franz Wagner and like what guys 25 and under would KOC like take over Franz Wagner and it's a short list we talked to David Steele about you know Franz and uh, going eighth in the draft and like there's a legitimate argument right now for Franz being the best player from that 2021 class. So super excited, Luke. Again, we've got just under two weeks here until media day. Then we're in the preseason and just can't wait to to talk about all of this and, and really see everything starting to play out here. All right. I know some of you um, are listening and, and came to the, the YouTube video here specifically to hear uh, about the, the giveaway and to see who won uh, the classic edition jersey, and one year of league pass. Now, what I do want to mention, and I hope that we are clear about this, is obviously these jerseys are are not out yet. They don't come out for a, another few weeks at least. So the winner of this is going to have to wait a little bit uh, for the jersey, and then we'll you know be sure to hook you up with the, the year of league pass. So without further ado, the winner of this uh, giveaway is JTT4071981. If you are listening, I made a comment on your comment on our latest video that you had to comment on uh, to enter into the giveaway. So go ahead, shoot us an email. We'll go ahead and verify and, and make sure that it's you. And then uh, we'll talk about, you know, what size you need, you know, what name and, and number you want on the jersey. And we'll get you hooked up with the NBA League Pass. So again, that is JTT4071981. Congratulations. And a big thank you to everybody that entered the giveaway. We now have crossed 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. Really, really appreciate everybody that supports us, watches the videos, and rocks with us. And yeah, we're excited to, to get to 5,000 and beyond. Now, before we get into our conversation with our guy, David Steele, want to give a special shout out to our wonderful patrons, the folks that help make each and every one of our episodes possible. Uh, so if you're interested at all uh, in helping support the cause and helping us you know, create the content that we do um, coming into the season here, it's almost going to be on a on a daily basis. So be on the lookout for all of that. But you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And one of the benefits uh, that we have for our Hall of Fame and elite tier members is going to be we give them a special shout out on each and every episode. So we'll go ahead and shout out the court cousins. Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia, and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Dan Will, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the Mix, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, 
Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reek, and Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ban Himro, RM Prov 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kevin, Bruv Sal. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation uh, with David Steele. And now, Magic fans, we are joined by an incredibly special guest, the play-by-play call man for the Orlando Magic going into his now 35th season with the team, David Steele. David, how are you, sir? And uh, thanks for joining the show again. You're welcome, Jonathan. I'm doing just great. Uh, really excited about the start of the season. Things are cranking up. We're getting toward late December, uh, September, and you know the October um, uh, media day and training camp is just around the corner. So I'm getting geared up for it. I know you guys are excited too. We're very excited. We were just talking off air before we started to record that, and I think you know we speak for all Magic fans that when late October rolls around and you have David Steele, Jeff Turner, Dante Marcatelli, and now it'll be Kendra Douglas. Coming through the speaker on the TV, just sort of everything feels right again with the world. So really looking forward to that. But David, this past week, Magic fans, you know, finally they, they had been anticipating the release of this throwback jersey going into the 35th anniversary season. And just social media exploded. Everyone is so thrilled with these jerseys. Uh, what were your thoughts, you know, first seeing the jerseys and, and now seeing these floors and, and just sort of the memories that those bring back to you? Oh, I love the classic uh, look, you know, the heart and hustle. It it, it harkens back to uh, my memories of Daryl Armstrong and Bo Outlaw and Ben Wallace, uh, that heart and hustle team. Um, and then T-Mac, you know, coming along shortly right after that uh, and a couple of years uh, later, you know, those, those were the classic uniforms. I like the stars. Um, I love the, uh, the use of the stars uh, as the A and the dotting of the I. I think it's great. And the court just looks so clean. I mean, it is really spectacular i i think it just pops it's going to pop off the tv screen and i think be be a very popular look not just for magic fans but i think it's going to draw a lot of attention around the nba during that event and the reveal david we had some pretty special guests there obviously honoring this 35th anniversary you have guys like jalen suggs representing the current you had hito richard ryan anderson rocking the what stole the show, the jacket there was incredible. Pretty nice. Uh, Steals the show and Nick Anderson, Bo Outlaw, obviously Alex Martin's there. What was it like for you to have so many of the the past and present Magic players and just people in general and icons of the community there that day? Yeah, it was great. I I don't know if you guys were able to watch the uh, little uh, Q&A exchange. That was streamed live, I think, somewhere, wasn't it? Were you guys able to watch that? Did you enjoy that? I mean, I, I thought... Ryan Anderson is just, man, he's a star, isn't he? As he, he could do so many things, uh, such a bright guy and articulate and funny. And I thought he did a great job managing that, uh, that, uh, uh, panel with, uh, with, with Jalen and the, and the guys that you mentioned, Nick and, uh, Hito and, um, uh, it was just uh, phenomenal. Uh, the, the humor was, uh, Ryan has such a dry sense of humor, you know, and he, it, it was on full display, and the guys really got into it and enjoyed it. Ito and him were going back and forth a lot. Um, it was great to see those guys come back. And you know what really stands out is how much they still love um, Orlando and 
uh, Magic fans and the franchise, the ownership, um, just everything about their experience in Central Florida was positive. And, uh, you know, I, I think about it, and there are a lot of players that when they play for this franchise, they, they don't leave. No, they stay here. I, I saw um, Courtney Lee at a golf event on Monday. Courtney, you know, big part of the 2009 run to the NBA Finals, uh, never left Orlando. He, he makes his home uh, right here in Central Florida. A couple of kids, and he's raising his family here. So, you know, that's just uh, that, that's what it's like when you work for a, a franchise and you're a part of a franchise that uh, is just run in such a classy manner as the Magic are. You, you get those kind of vibes. It was great to see those fellas last week. So great to see everyone back and hoping that we're, we'll start to get some more of that, especially as guys around the league are, are, are sort of retiring. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently about, you know, Dwight Howard and, you know, Kim Van Gundy tragically passing and him coming back to, to that event and all those guys coming back really for the first time in a, a long time sort of being together. But it was just great to see that. And now the team should, you know, hopefully be a little bit better and a little bit more exciting. Hopefully we can get some of those guys back around the team and, and, and at games especially. But David, we want to take a moment really to go back to last season. It's the first time that we've talked to you since the season ended and just sort of get your your take on Paolo Bancaro's rookie season and Franz's second year and the slow start and the, the way that the team really sort of picked it up like the last three quarters of the season. It was so disappointing when Markel injured his toe before training camp started. I mean, that was really a blow. And, um, you know, we, we knew that that was going to make it a real challenge out of the gate. But I don't think anybody uh, really expected a 5-20 and 20 start. Um, that, that, was, that was, you know, it was, it was very disappointing. But when Markel came back and you saw things start clicking pretty quickly, I mean, it didn't take very many games for, for Markel to kind of pull the whole thing back together um, at the point guard spot. Um, and clearly, we had a chance to have a great second half of the season run, and we did. I mean, it was, it was a lot, lot of fun. I mean, you could see what this whole vision that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have had is all about. Um, it, it's starting to come into focus, and so it's exciting right now. And I think they've done a great job of putting the roster together. This roster feels more complete than any roster we've had in, well, probably since back in, you know, 09-10. Um, uh, you know, I love the addition of Joe Ingles for this coming season, but but getting back to last year, when when Paolo jumped over Corey Joseph in game number one uh, for the dunk, uh, and I think he had 25 points in his in his first game in the NBA, um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last rookie in a, a debut to get 25 in a game was LeBron James uh, in 2003. So, and I, you know, I think I think Paolo, you know, we're going to put a lot of expectations, a lot of hopes on him, but. I think he can handle it. I, I think uh, that he's going to have a big year. Um, I love what he was able to do with the national team. That's going to help him. Uh, he, he got an experience playing a, a position he's not familiar with. He had to make some adjustments, some adaptations that are going to help him as he continues to develop as, a, as an NBA player. And Franz, uh, you know, the season he had last year just was just phenomenal. I, I, you know, I was a big advocate of him. Jeff and I talked about it a lot on the air. His rookie season, we felt like you could make an honest argument for rookie of the year. You know, I, I don't think, obviously, that didn't get much traction, but we pushed it a lot, you know, on the on the telecast. And uh, 
And Jeff even was on a couple of panels with other NBA announcers uh, arguing their case for their guy. And it was a strong rookie class, uh, no no question about it. But I felt like Franz could have been the rookie of the year. I, you know, as you look at it now, after two years in the NBA, um, it's uh, it, it's a pretty easy argument to make that he's the best player out of that class. You know, there's still a lot of time to be determined, but um, he, he looks like a real winner. And then you've got the nice supporting cast around those two guys, and um, it's no wonder that we're so excited about this season. Who is your unsung hero, maybe underrated is the best term of last season. You, you've got Paolo and Franz. We know who, what yeah, those guys right. did for last season. Who's your maybe under the radar or underappreciated guy from last season? Well, I mean, you could go a couple of ways on that. Um, obviously, Markel, is that underrated? If you go from 5-20 and 20 to a 500 team, I, maybe that one's too obvious. Uh, maybe, maybe Wendell. Maybe Wendell Carter Jr. would be the guy that when he played, he made such a difference. And the numbers don't really always show what uh, players do and how they affect winning. But I think Wendell affects winning. Uh, I think a big part of whether or not we can take a big jump this year is can Wendell Carter Jr. finally have a season where he stays, you know, more rel- more healthy, healthier than in the past three or four years in the NBA. If he can get the games played up uh, into the you know, low 70s, mid 70s, I think that would be a huge boost for the ball club. Um, I know we're good at backup center. I, I like our guys there with Mo Wagner and, and Goga, but um, Wendell's a difference maker. I, I would say he's the guy, the under the radar guy that doesn't get a lot of attention, does a lot of dirty work, um, kind of like Horace Brandt was back uh, in the 90s teams. Um, you know, that that guy that just is willing to do whatever it takes to win. Physical, tough, unafraid. Um, and he's he, and I know a, a lot of fans like him, but I, I would probably say that guy. That's my guy. It must be something about like the eye protection, you know, Horace, Wendell, mm. both with the the goggles or, or the shades. David, before we sort of jump into magic history, you know, talking more about the 35th anniversary season. As we talk about all the excitement around Paolo, around Franz and Wendell and Markel and Jalen and Cole and so on and so forth, the additions of Joe Ingles and the drafting Anthony Black, Jet Howard, there's been a lot of talk about playoffs and postseason and can they make the play in around this team? Do you have any any level of, of expectations or, or what you're hoping this Magic team can achieve this year? You know, I'm an optimist. Jonathan. And uh, so, you know, I'm probably more bullish than uh, than I probably should be. But, uh, you know, from 34 wins and a 500 team after the first 25 games, um, Paolo, another year under his belt. I think he's going to make a jump. Franz, uh, I think everybody, all the young, they're all young. All these young guys are going to make a jump. And again, Joe's going to give up a nice veteran presence in the locker room. I I think 500 is um, definitely realistic. Um, but that's still a seven game jump. You know, I mean, it's easy to get carried away and, and expect more than what is realistic and, and usually doesn't happen. Usually, I mean, we made a big jump. What do we make? One of the biggest jumps, I think the biggest jump in the league last year in terms of wins from season to season. So to make another seven, eight, nine game jump in wins would be just phenomenal. I, I think it's possible, but uh, I do think 500 is is reachable for this ball club. And that would, in my opinion, that would be a nice, uh, a nice step forward. That would be a big time step forward, but anything more than that, then 
you've really had a sensational year. We did our preview of the Magic season not too long ago when the schedule came out. Uh, we we went through it. The you know myself, Jonathan, producer Kevin sat down and in real time went down the the list of games right, and we pre- presented how many wins. We didn't talk about it, anything like that. We we talked about the schedule. We didn't talk about the records that we predicted. I think Kevin and I both were 42 wins, if I am not mistaken. And then Jonathan was 43. So I don't know that it's bullish to say this team could be 500. The jump, obviously, optimism's in the air. Everybody's zero and zero. But right. I think that you're not out of the realm of possibility at all that this team goes 500. You're at a 45-win pace the last yeah, three quarters of the season. Yeah, what what is the um, what's the line or what what's the what mm-hmm. the experts so called experts? It's not forty one though, right? I mean, even forty one mm-hmm. is beyond what uh, the so called yeah. experts are, are forecasting. I think, David, am I right? It is thirty six and a half wins. Yeah, see, I, I don't I don't see that. I would be disappointed with thirty six wins, but uh, in that scenario, you you probably had a lot of injuries, and um, so and that could happen. It's gonna be a big factor. We got to keep these guys healthy this year. So thinking about again the 35th anniversary season, we're talking to the man that is has seen it all, has been there for all of it. David, as you look back on, you know, 34 years heading into to year 35, I would love to know, do you have like one singular favorite moment in magic history? And if not, do you have a, a few? I have a I have a, quite a few. But uh, there, if there is one, then beating Michael Jordan in game one, it was only a second round matchup in 1995. And you, you guys might be too young to, to have even been around then. I don't know, Luke and Jonathan, if you were, uh, how old were you guys back then? But, you know, that was, you were little. But um, the significance of um, Jordan coming back from this season off, um, I think everybody expected Chicago to win that series. There's no doubt the Magic were huge underdogs, a young team, um, didn't have a lot of respect around the NBA and, you know, hadn't done anything. It was a bunch of 21. Shaq and Penny were 21 and 22, I think, that year, 22 and 23. So that would be like Paolo and Franz taking the Magic to the NBA Finals this year or next year. That's that's the kind of thing that we're talking about that happened in 1995. And when Nick Anderson stole the ball from behind, poked it away from Michael Jordan, who was trying to dribble out the clock. I, I truly believe if Chicago had had won that first game, they would have won the series because, you know, we had a young, fragile uh, locker room, and which kind of showed itself in the NBA Finals against the veteran Houston Rockets team. But uh, I think winning that game, um, that propelled the Magic to their first ever NBA championship series. And I, in my opinion, that game, that play by Nick Anderson that sealed that win is, the, it's in my mind, the biggest play in franchise history. David, reflecting on the 35 years, I have to ask you, it's, it's a two-parter, but the number one, which Magic logo is your favorite Magic logo of the, the three main ones we've seen, and which jersey is your favorite jersey? My two my two parts for you in honor of the thirty fifth. Okay, well, I like the stars. I, I think I mentioned that earlier, Luke. I, I do like this, the the uniforms with the the stars, and they've been kind of you know they've been part of several iterations. I like the pinstripes too, and I like the black pinstripes. I like the 
you know, again, the throwback to the black and white pinstripes from the early years, I thought those were great looking uniforms. They, the players, you know, they, they weighed 50 pounds, I think when they got sweaty or <laughs> they weren't, uh, you know, aerodynamic or uh, to in, by today's standards, they wouldn't fly. But I thought they looked awfully good. David, again, sort of going back to, to the last 35 years, we did a, an entire list. We went through what we thought are the 35 greatest Magic players of all time. When, when you look back on, on 35 years in Magic history, who, who is a player that that maybe you don't feel like got the recognition that they deserve? We have all of these decorated guys, Shaq, Penny, T-Mac, Dwight. But who, who are some guys that maybe flew a little bit under the radar that you were big fans of? Oh, let's see. Um, early on, this is very early on, there, was a, there were some players, uh, you know, Jeff Turner, one of them, flew under the radar. Donald Royal um, was a guy that, you know, just a great teammate and played his role to perfection. Never going to be an all-star. Probably averaged nine points, four rebounds, but um, just was a, a tough defender. Um, so that that goes back early. I, I would put him on that list. And then as you get a little farther along, um, let's see, maybe, um, well, you got Hito. I mean, is Hito, is he too good to be on that list? You know, I, I don't think, I, I don't think he was appreciated enough for what he did. He and Richard were just tremendous. And, of course, they were borderline all-stars. I guess Richard made an all-star team or two. Um, other players, um, you know, in recent years, I mean, we've had we've had some guys that, you know, have really brought a, a tremendous amount of, of energy and effort. I, you know, on this team right now, Cole Anthony just brings a – he brings a lot to the table that probably doesn't get uh, doesn't get recognized. Uh, he's coming off the bench. He um, gives you that spark, that offensive spark. Um, I think he's going to bust out again too this year. Another one of the young guys. So those are some of the names that pop up. Last question here, David. Before we let you go, what are you most excited for with this upcoming season? Just to see this group grow, to see how. They play together with Jamal Mosley at the helm to see what impact Joe Ingles has uh, on the locker room. Um, you know, I, I think that this that may be a, a little bit underrated right now um, his his influence on this particular team because it is such a young team, and I think Joe is is going to provide great leadership. Um, I got to meet him just uh, yesterday. He was at Magic University, um, our annual get together before the season starts, and. Um, he, he's got a great sense of humor. I mean, the players are going to, they're going to love this guy in the locker room. Jamal Mosley already has a great rapport with him. So, um, I, I love what Mosley has done. I mean, his relationship with the players, he's really got them buying into what, uh, what he feels like this club needs to be all about. So I think in his third year, I'm anxious to see how they respond to him and continue to, uh, you know, I think they would run through a wall for that guy. Um, he's got a great staff. So just, uh, again, to see this club continue to develop and see where it's going to go. Um, you know, I've been saying this, um, there have been several inflection points in magic history. Um, so, you know, you start out in 1989, an expansion franchise. The first inflection point was getting Jack in the draft. And then obviously behind that, Penny Hardaway, the great deal that John Gabriel made 
trading the number one pick, which is unheard of almost, and, uh, and nabbing Penny and then multiple future draft picks. So that was inflection point number one. Um, and then, of course, you know, those guys reach the finals. Shaq goes to Los Angeles. You take a dip. You had the heart and hustle. But the next inflection was when John Gabriel signed Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill. And even though, you know, Grant didn't work out, we still had T-Mac and some really exciting all-NBA-type performances for four years. So that was inflection point number two. And then we draft Dwight Howard, Howard in 2004, and that leads to an NBA a finals appearance in 2009. So those are the, in my opinion, in franchise history, the inflection points that really vaulted the franchise to something special. And I see this group as the next starting point for greatness. Um, getting bronze, uh, just, uh, I mean, that's just unbelievable to get him with the number eight pick and then follow that up with Paolo Bancaro. Um, I think our leadership is really in the right direction. And so uh, not this year. I, I think it's too early this year, but in the not too distant future, I see the magic knocking on the championship door again. I can't wait to, to see that. David Steele, you have me absolutely fired up right now. And I, I know that I said that was my last question, but I do have one actual last question. Sure. Are you already starting to work on, is this anything for this upcoming season? Oh, you know it. I have to. It's it's a burden that uh, is like no other. Um, I've got a few good ones already. Uh, I've got a file that, uh, you know, in the offseason, if I see something that looks interesting and I, I go down a, a rabbit hole and chase it down and, uh, you know, I tuck it away. So I've got maybe six or seven in the bank right now that are pretty good. But, um, you know, we'll see. Got to think ahead, though. Is this anything is always lurking, always there? I I know Jonathan just said that was his last question. I've actually got my last question here. So okay. we're, we might just keep this going for the next hour, David. I don't know. But you, you talk about Dwight. He gets drafted in 04. You go to the finals in 09. My question to you, Paolo gets drafted, obviously, last offseason. In his fifth season, are we seeing the magic in the finals? Do you think that's too bullish to say? You're the optimist. Would would Paolo in year five, the magic in the finals, which would be four seasons from now, including this one, are the magic well, you know, contending or in the finals? Yeah, you know, not don't just think about the magic, which that's part of it, but then look at the rest of the league. So in in five years. Steph Curry, what, where, where is Golden State? What's, what is Steph Curry? What's LeBron James? Um, Kevin Durant. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. I think with a 26-year-old Paolo Bancaro and 27-year-old Franz Wagner and, um, you know, keep pretty much the core together, just keep this group together and let them grow and um, add a free agent. That's going to be the thing. You know, when we get to where we win 43, 45, 50 games, then you're gonna then you're gonna be able to go out and pull that you know that free agent that really can make a, a difference to put you in a championship level. So um, I look forward to that happen. I do think that that is uh, a possibility, Luke. Four or five years down the road, man, I am pumped up. Cannot wait for this season again, uh, David Steele, sir. Thank you for for joining the show. We really appreciate it. And as always, we are really looking forward to, to seeing you and hearing you on the broadcast in a, a few weeks from now. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the job you, you do. You guys do great work on this six-man podcast. Excellent work. David, coming from you, that, that literally means the world. So thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. We appreciate it. Thanks, fellas.
Once again, a big thank you to Mr. David Steele for taking the time and joining the show. We always appreciate talking to you, and we know that fans appreciate hearing from you. Luke, man, talking to David Steele is just another reminder that we are just a few weeks away from the season really starting to gear up here. I love David Steele. I, I know that I'm I'm in the majority camp here because I know most people do. And if you don't, what's wrong with you? And you're probably just not a Magic fan and don't know, you know maybe who he is. But he's a legend around these parts. And um, man, he's just, he's refreshing. He's genuine. Just so easy to have a conversation with him, whether that be with the camera on or off. Same dude. Really love this guy. I appreciate you, David, for for coming on and, and uh, t- talking it up with us. Always a ton of fun. And yeah, I'm excited, you know, Going into media day, like I know you weren't there last year. But have you been to a media day when you were with Lakeland? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like so as a reporter probably, or anything, but yeah, I was. I, I was. But, working but you were in attendance. Cameras. Yes. Yeah. So you probably understand. It's it's sort of like a first day of school kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't seen everybody all summer. Now everybody's sort of getting back together. Like nobody's asking, like, "Oh, what class do you have?" Because obviously they don't have classes and whatnot. But <laughs> You know, it's that kind of vibe. You haven't seen all your friends in a while mm-hmm. and you're sort of all getting back together and it's just, you know, they're taking photos like it's, you know, their their school photos, their class photos, um, just great vibes. And I, I really can't wait for it, man. I, I got to be a part of what is my favorite thing that they've done at Media Day to, to date, honestly. I When I was there, I was helping run a camera for FreeDaps, which is like a freestyle group that is local to Orlando, I believe. And they were having players sit down. They asked them a few questions about themselves. And then they freestyle about their conversation that they just had. These guys are awesome. And there's a few of them. And uh, and that's the, what I got to take part in was just to, you know, obviously film this, whatever, get to hear it and see them interact with the players, all that kind of stuff. So that was a super cool experience. But to your point, yeah, it, it is very much first day of school everyone's excited players are looking at their jerseys a little bit more than usual because they they're you know they're just happy to have them back on but it's going to be a fun time and we're not too far away thankfully just a heads up so media day is set to be october 2nd so we will not be releasing an episode that day so we'll release an episode um obviously this coming monday the 25th and then another one on the 28th. And then our next episode following that will be October 3rd. We won't have an episode on Media Day. We'll sort of save that because it's going to be a, a pretty jam-packed episode with all of the the quotes and, and comments from Media Day. So just keep that in mind when you go to look for us Monday, uh, October 2nd. It, it's going to be that that next day. We really only do that once each year if something crazy or catastrophic happens. So we'll sh- we're sure that you all uh, will understand. But uh, again, man, just like we're 12 days now from media day. I, I absolutely can't wait. So much fun. And yeah, like I hope, you know, every team, I think at some point thinks like, oh, man, this is going to be a special season. Like this is really going to be great. And I've probably had like a handful of those in my life of like before the season. Like I know, like, no, this really should be a special season. And I I hope next year we're not like, Hey, this is going to be a special season. But remember last year we said, oh, it was going to be a special season and it wasn't like it just feels like every person that you talk to to a person 
just really believes that this is going to be a special season. And I genuinely hope, I know we all hope that it will be. Well, Luke, what do you say we go ahead and put a bow on this one, wrap it up? Let's do it. All right. Again, big thank you to David Steele. Appreciate him taking the time and talking with us. Uh, One of our idols. We really appreciate it. It's so cool that we get to do that. Um, But that's going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!